Alexiem Vrazi. Welcome back to the podcast. If it's your first time, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe to Sense in the City Athens, which is accessible on all podcast platforms. Thank you also to all of you who liked and shared and commented on the last show about Andros and all the episodes before that. We really love hearing your feedback, your ideas and your own experiences of Athens. Now, while I was in Andros, my colleague and friend David Fuller was in Athens. That's where we both live. You might remember David from our discussion about Athens coffee culture. Now, in this episode, David and his wife, Christina Ioannidis, experience olive oil tasting for the first time. They go to a small deli in the historic Athens area of Plaka and try out various olive oils, explaining to us what it's like to taste olive oil and also why it's such a big trend right now. Hi, I'm David Fuller. Coming up, essential journey of taste and smell. But first, some context. The olive tree plays a part in the Athenian origin story. Poseidon and Athena vied for the people's attention by presenting gifts. The god of the sea gave a saltwater spring, and Athena planted an olive tree on the hill which is now known as the Acropolis. The people thought Athena's gift was the better one, so they renamed the city Athens, and there's still an olive tree on the Acropolis. If you want to hear the whole story, I suggest a podcast by Stephen Fry. There's a link in the show notes. But the olive tree and olives are not just symbolic. The groves provide shade from the heat of the summer, and the oil of the fruit is one of Greece's top exports. It doesn't matter if you're eating a Greek salad or fresh sardines. Olive oil is the taste that is always present in the food of Athens, but it's usually a background flavour. But now you can experience olive oil as the main event. Olive oil tastings are a chance to compare and contrast the oils with each of your senses. The colour spectrum, from summery straw to verdant deep green, the smell, some fruity, some flowery, and the taste. Well, we'll get to the tastes at a deli in Plaka called Malatira. The easiest way to find Malatira is to head for the Cathedral of Athens. Starting from the nearest metro, Monastiraki, we're heading north, trying not to be distracted by some of the best kebabs in Athens. I'm sure they will feature in an episode sometime soon. We're continuing north past the souvenir stores. There are also shops in this area selling icons and priest robes and incense burners. It's the entire industry around the church. We leave the cathedral on our left and turn right. Then we turn right again and we come to a small deli. It's a hidden gem. I only discovered it by walking the back streets without a real purpose. The products are listed on blue boards with white writing, colours of the Greek flag. On top of a small metal table is a pot of small leaf basil. Brushing your hand through the leaves releases the sweet and spicy scent of the herb. To the right of the door, a yellow pot with an ornamental style olive tree. A reminder of why we're here. And inside, there are shelves of Greek products from independent producers from all around the country. Carefully curated by our hosts, Erica and Maria. There's honey and herbs wine and raki, natural cosmetics, and of course, olive oil. We sat down at a table in the middle of the shop, the air conditioning working overtime to keep things cool, which is the echo and hum that you can hear in the background. I started by asking Erica where the name Malatira came from. So, Malatira comes from Greek. It's... 
Erica is holding up a packet of Mountain Tea, which we've discussed on the podcast a couple of times. It's in a plastic packet, and the crinkling noise in her fingers is quite loud. It's a herb that grows in Crete, and actually it's the variety of mountain tea that grows there. The botanological name for this one is Sideritis syriaca. And because I come from Crete, that's why Now that we've heard how the shop got its name, it's time for the main event, the olive oil tasting. But before we get into that, why don't you join us? When was the last time you really tasted olive oil? Do you have a preference? Maybe you've been given a fancy bottle as a gift but never opened it. Maybe, if you have the time, you can rummage through the kitchen and find some olive oil and follow along. Here are some of the things you should consider. Okay, would you like to start tasting some? Yes. Sure. When we are talking about olive oil, officially, we are talking about three things. We are talking about fruitiness, we are talking about bitterness, and we are talking about spiciness or pungency. These are the positive attributes that uh, the three characteristics that we need our olive oil. And uh, they go in this order, order, because the order of the timeline that you experience it. So, the first thing you will do after it's been heated and it's been warmed and the olive oil has come on Mm -hmm. here, is that you smell. Fruitiness you get by smell. Bitterness you get when you swirl it in your mouth. And spiciness you get as well here. The back of your throat. This is a, one of the official cups for uh, tasting. For tasting, can be red or blue. Erica is talking about cups for judging olive oil. They are opaque, so the colour does not influence the tasting. And actually, for each one of these three, they get some rays. So when now that we're making a ratio, for example, uh, we're going to have olive oil that has a fruitiness three. Bitterness 4, pungency 5, so that you know, because you're not going to taste it from Marisa, you know what to expect from this olive oil. Everybody has their own balance. Mm. It's not that the balance is in 3, 3, 3, it's not that. For everybody, it's different depending on your balance. And it depends very much on what you're used to. On the table in front of us are a couple of ceramic spoons. There's also a basket of brown bread, and we have water to cleanse our palate. So we're going to do it the mild way, with a little bit of bread. This is not the official way or the normal way. We can do it also with a spoon, we can do it with cups, but uh, I think, I don't know, I I don't want to force it very much. So we will do it the pleasant way. And so to our first olive oil. For commercial reasons, we're not going to name the brands. You'll just have to come and experience and taste them for yourselves. Here we have mild olive oil. So this particular one is Manaki variety. If you didn't catch that, don't worry. We will put links in the show notes. I can only name one olive variety, Kalamata, the big, black, juicy ones for eating. I never thought that different olive oils would be made of different types of olives. But it's not just one or two. We have many varieties, more than 70 in Greece. Uh, 
I think the International Olympic Council says that there are 139 main varieties of uh, olives. So in Greece you say there's how many? More than 70. We don't know exact, the exact number because right now what is happening is that uh, we have many varieties that are the same but they have a different name in different regions. There is a project that uh, they have started uh, making a catalog of the olives and uh, the names. Uh, also, they do DNA analysis in order to find out if it's the same. Take a little bit of bread, smell it, and tell me what you think. Oh, that smells lovely. It's light, spring-like. The smell of cut grass after an afternoon rain shower. Don't worry, I'm not going to turn this into one of those tastings. But this is a podcast about the senses, after all. Mm. The bread is very good, so it's going to be difficult to discern. But it is fruity. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I can't taste bitterness. No, it's more fragrant. Really. This variety, most of the time, it nice. has bitterness when the olive oil is early harvest. So early harvest means that we gather the olives earlier than the normal time, which would be around November to January, depending on the area and the weather. Early harvest means late September until mid or late October max. So when's the normal harvest in inverted commas? It depends on the region, mostly November, December, something like that. And depends on the weather. Very nice. We like it? Very, I guess. A good entry and level I oil. This is the idea. I'm an olive freak. <laughs> I know nothing about it, I just like it. This is the most important. After we cleanse our palate, Erica pours the second oil into the dipping cups, new dipping cups. There's a colour difference, which isn't supposed to influence the tasting, but. Now, I would like to go to the uh, variety. Colour wise. Yes. Is there also a difference? Yes. Please. No difference at all. (laughs) There is a difference in the way that you may have an olive oil uh, that is early harvest and uh, it may appear a little bit uh, greener. Or some other varieties may appear more golden. But the official tasting is done. Here, the tasting cups are opaque. For this purpose, so the judges don't ah, get biased. Bias. Ah. We dip our bread into the second olive oil. This is even sweeter. I think this one's got a bit more spice. Oh, I like that. The second oil from Crete is a different variety to the first one. The third one we're going to taste is the same variety as the second, but it's from the Peloponnese. No. <laughs> Let's see. Coroneiki from Peloponnese. Same variety, different producer, different region. Once again, we dip our brown bread sponge into the oil, breathing in the scent first, then tasting. Mm. It's a bit more bitter. Yes, it is. But it's a nice bitter, it's not a bad bitter. <laughs> This is one of my personal things. Pungent, not pungent, not strong, there's a word for it. Gusto. I think we're going to taste another two. Yeah. The next bottle looks more like a Caribbean rum than a bottle of olive oil. Punch. We go punch. Oh, wow. This is an olive oil that comes from Corfu. 
the variety is called Llanoya. It's one of the very, very nice olive oils. I'm not going to tell you more because I don't want you to be biased. I will tell you in the end. And I'm seeing very different colors here. Yes, so here it's just the variety. This oil is actually the colour of a green, fresh olive on a tree. Yeah, it's a bit more subtle though, I think. It is a lot more subtle. It's sort of a deeper, deeper flavour than these ones, but it's... Um, and I think it's quite sweet. But it doesn't have the bitterness of this one. No. I don't think it's as bitter as that one. Final oil is in a small dark bottle that looks more like a health potion or a herbal remedy than an olive oil. And uh, it has health properties. I like the smell, but it's not bitterness. Mm. Yeah, it seems stronger, that one. Mm. Greta. <laughs> <laughs> Everything in Greta is strong. <laughs> it is stronger in the taste. As far as the pungency is concerned, it's one of the more pungent oils that we have here. As we went along, the oils became stronger and more pungent. The finer oil, the one in the herbal remedy bottle, almost had a medicinal taste. And as far as the taste is concerned, we cannot say anything. We can just characterize, I cannot tell you which one is better or not, because it's a matter of taste. All of them are extra virgin. All of them are cold pressed. The range of tastes is quite big, from very light to, as I said, almost medicinal. So how would you match these different oils with food. Maria explains how she does it. Yes, uh, for example, for me, this is for salad, and this is for a steak, yes. and this is for fish, for me, for my mm. body. So everybody has their own opinion, of course, and uh, this is what we encourage people to do. And usually this is how the sommelier thing goes. We go slower. Uh, the milder olive oil, you're not going to use it with a very strong taste because it's going to be uh, one is going to be to mask the other. So you don't really want to do that. So if you have a very nice tomato and you put this olive oil, you're not going to understand the taste of the tomato because it's very strong. <laughs> the idea is to enjoy it. But uh, for me, since I'm lucky, I have all of these at home, all of the these and the shelves. Um, every time. I'm cooking, I'm like, okay, which one I'm going to use now? And it's like a game for me to try yes. and find different combinations with different food. And so I know you said that the matching kind of is is personal, but is there, is there like wine, is there a sort of a, a more understood matching sort of criteria in terms of... The scores versus fish or the scores versus... If you find something like that, please let me know, because I'm looking desperately. <laughs> now, there is a the big rule, is that you don't pair strong taste with strong olive oil, as right. I said. This is the rule. You could, you, you could take a page out of the drinks industry again. So on the menu it should say, you know, this variety this of olive person. oil or yes. this, yeah. This is my personal. Our tastes change throughout our lives, and we are influenced by all kinds of external factors, like the colour. What if there was no influence? How would an olive oil tasting be different? The most interesting and fascinating thing for me is children. When they come here, they want to experience everything. And also, they uh, let their imagination run free, so they can describe an olive oil 
as well as a jazz in a comedian. What we have experienced so far where uh, they were fascinated by the different tastes and they were describing very, very nice uh, way uh, what they felt the differences. And they also ask the most amazing questions. Yes. It's very enjoyable for us. When people, uh, we have, we know a lot of things, we talk about the things that we know. That uh, when people ask us questions is the most enjoyable part. And one girl, I think, she asked me once how many olives make a bottle of wine. Yes. How many olives? Okay, I had to think in terms of kilograms uh, because we know the ratio of uh, producing. But how many? This was a very nice question. Do you, have, do you ever have um, tourists or clients who come in and say, I'm from Italy, I'm from Spain, we have better olive oil than you do? Yes. What do you say to them? And how do they react after you go through the experience? I, I will tell you exactly <laughs> why. We have Italians, we have Spanish, and we have Greeks. The difficulty is not with the Spanish people, it's not with the Difficulties with the Greeks. It's a different olive oil. It doesn't have to do with better or worse. If the olive oil is extra virgin and some other has some other technical characteristics, it's a matter of taste. It's not a matter of quality. I think that uh, Spaniards and uh, Italians were more open than Greeks to taste olive oil. Many Greeks uh, have uh, the impression that the olive oil that they or their father or uncle is producing is the best. Right. And even if they taste something which is different, I cannot say better, necessarily better, because it's a matter of taste, it's food. I cannot. Italians and Spanish people will go for stronger olive oils. French people will go for milder olive oils. Probably has to do with what is uh, their local production or what they are importing, because U.S. also is going for stronger. Well, the same thing goes for us here. Yes, Greece, because uh, Erika, since she's from Greece, the olive oil there is a little bit stronger. Lesbos has a milder olive oil, fruit, fruitier, let's say. In the beginning, I was uh, tasting the olive oil of her father. And it seemed very strong to me, and uh, I didn't quite enjoy it. I was referring to my grandmother's olive oil. Mm. It's not the specific olive oil or the specific country that produces the best olive oil. It's the producer. When the producer does what it takes to produce a technically good olive oil, but also flavor-wise good olive oil, then this producer has succeeded, even if he is from Spain, from Italy, from Tunisia, from Turkey, from Cyprus, from everywhere. Uh, it's the producer. Much has been written about the Mediterranean diet and longevity, and olive oil seems to have a large part to play in that. Most of these olive oils are olive oils that carry a health claim. Have you heard about this? Uh, in Greece, we have the stories of the grandmothers chasing kids with a tablespoon of olive oil in the morning. Uh, 
I've heard of it, I've not seen it. So in 2009, University of Davis in California performed the study to find out why is it good to consume polyvinyl. Mm -hmm. They found out that this, the consumption, the daily consumption of certain kinds of polyvinyls, we will discuss which, has excellent health benefits, namely antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, neuroprotective, and cardioprotective properties. After that, European Union comes and issues a regulation. In 2012, European Union issued a regulation 432-2012, which says that when you know we have an olive oil and we make an analysis looking for certain compounds, natural compounds, called polyphenols, these polyphenols, if they are more than 250 milligrams per kilogram, the olive oil carries a health claim. We try to have olive oils that have a health claim, but not all of them, because some of the productions are pretty new, and the producers are getting there. Right, because that but takes time to... Of course. It right. takes time, it takes experimenting, takes a lot of things, which I really do not know because I'm not that kind of producer. It's late September. The branches of the olive trees in Athens are starting to bend with the weight of the crop. In some places, this is the time that would be the early harvest. It's a special time for olive farmers, as things are changing. I have my own growth, my father actually, has an olive growth, so every year I have been going to Crete, even when I was working abroad, I would make time to come back to Greece for the oil harvesting. It was, and still is very, very nice for me. Olive oil, in many instances, is like wine. Mm. So you have to be very, very careful during the year, uh, during the harvesting, during the extraction, after, so, the old way would be, let's go, we are going to gather the olives and then we will put them in some, uh, how do you say that, burlap, burlap, uh, mm -hmm. And uh, this is something which is very bad for the olives, for example, because it increases the temperature. And men, or when we were having a, a pause, let's say, or uh, lunch, lunch break, we would sit on the already gathered ones. All right. Many people. So now I cannot imagine doing something like that. But many things, many things. And uh, right. still many producers have uh, remained in the old ways. What I like about the way you explain the olive oil production and world the ecosystem is you use a parallel to wine and you say it's like a variety, it's a terroir, it's, it's everything to do with the production process and I like that very much because that's not something that we have, have you heard of that before? In relation to olive oil. A lot of the vineyards also have olive roots so they have a similar um, production process. Kalamata olive, does that mean that it's like Shiraz in wine? And then you have a different olive and it's like it's Chardonnay. Exactly. So yes. there's the old world and there's the new world. Exactly. So the French used to make wine in a certain way and then the new world came along and said actually if you make it in California or you make it in Sydney then it's going to be a very 
you know, which is we're going to make it in a modern way. I think mm -hmm. what you were saying in terms of process and bringing new ideas very, to very similar. The big difference we have here in the olive oil is that we cannot have vintage. Right. You mean aged? Yes. So it's yes, not from yes. a certain year. Yes, because olive oil uh, has a shorter life, mm. and from the moment that you open the bottle, olive oil starts degrading. A good wine, when you open the bottle, you are not going to open a wine and leave it for one month. No, no, no. Sitting, no. You are going to drink it. The most important thing is that it does not get better with time. So how was the experience? Fantastic. But it's a, it's a great concept to be able to actually compare. Because otherwise you never can compare. It's not like you can sort of walk out of a restaurant and say, oh, that was an interesting olive oil. I wonder what type that was. Yes. <laughs> or if you're you know, somewhere else, it's really difficult to be able to taste them side by side and be able to There are some restaurants the that are doing this right now, mostly in the US, so you have two or three different olive oils. Or even in Greece, there are some very nice uh, hotels that they are doing this, so this is with this olive oil, and this is with that olive oil. And unless this is not happening, we want this to happen more. Mm -hmm. Because that way the consumer will understand what is happening and what is the difference. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I love knowing about the polyphenols. They're cool. Mm. I loved it, because for me it's, it's a revelation about how you can have the same variety, but different product producers, different locations, and you have different types of polyphenol and obviously health benefits. A big thanks to Erica and Maria for their time and insight. If you want to experience a city through your senses, tastings are a great way to do it, whether it be wine and cheese or chocolate or olive oil. And closer to home, next time you see olive oil drizzled over feta cheese and a Greek salad or in the bottom of your empty sardine dish, think about the different types and how they taste. As always, you can find out more about people, places and things in this episode on our website, senseintha.city. Every episode has its own page with links and videos and bonus content. You can also keep in touch with us via our social media. Our Instagram page is Sense in the City Athens. And you can find us on Facebook at Sense in the City World. Thanks for listening. See you in the city. Thank you.